to Saturday. And what's uh, ironic to me is, you know, through this week we've dealt with day Wednesday, particularly a day where literally nothing is said. And Thursday, nothing is said much about Thursday morning until we get to Thursday evening and the events of the Last Supper and the other things that happened Thursday night. Honestly, at least I sort of expect Saturday to be a day of, of silence. I expect Saturday to have very little said about it. Because in terms of our redemption, the big event, well, big events, are the crucifixion on Friday and the resurrection, which all followers of Christ know is coming on Sunday morning. So Saturday sort of sits in the valley between Friday and Sunday, and we don't expect a whole lot to be going on, but that expectation is not entirely right. There are two passages of Scripture that deal with Saturday, a lengthier one and then a smaller one. The lengthier one is in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 27, verses 62 through, well, the end of the chapter, I think, verse 66. The enemies of Jesus were not content to leave things with his death. So we come to verse 62 of Matthew 27. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, that being Saturday, of course, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. Perhaps the most ironic statement in the whole Bible, Governor Pilate saying, you make the tomb of Jesus as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. That sealing of the stone would have involved pouring melted metal in the seam the seams around that, that cave, cave door stone. And then in one place where the, the metal would be around the stone, there would be uh, more melted metal sort of poured on and a literal embossing of the governmental seal of Caesar, basically warning that the full force of the empire uh, insists this grave be left alone. We talk sometimes about our three big enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I think there's an there's a alliance of those three enemies around the sealed tomb of Jesus. Certainly the flesh declares he can't rise. He's well and truly dead. He has been executed by the professional executioners of the Roman Empire. He's been exsanguinated. He's bled out on the cross. He's been asphyxiated because of the, the, the action of crucifixion on the human body. 
He's dead. He is well and truly dead. And the flesh says he cannot rise. The devil says he cannot rise because the devil, who's a pretty sophisticated theologian, knows that the death of Jesus Christ has fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law. Now, what the devil, who is <laughs> real smart, but not omniscient, and certainly not wise, what he failed to understand was that the death of Jesus Christ was sufficient for sinners, whether Jesus stayed dead or not. And so at this moment, the devil says he can't rise because he has died as a result of the justice of God, um, as is all death. The world says he cannot rise because of the most powerful force in the world, the authority of the Roman Empire, has sealed that tomb with a literal seal. And so the unholy alliance of the world, the flesh, and the devil close up that tomb, as Pilate said, making it as secure as they can. And there we are on Saturday. Sunday morning, Jesus is going to burst out of that tomb under his own power, alive to never die again. But let's, let's come back since we're still on Saturday. Come back. I told you there's another passage that briefly addresses Saturday. It's one sentence. It's not even a whole verse. It's one small sentence that is half a verse. It's in Luke chapter 23, verse 56, the back half of the verse. Speaking of some of the, uh, the followers of Jesus that were still around, the Bible says that on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. That's all we know. That's all they know. We know. We don't, we don't know their, their, their emotional state. It's not hard to suppose what their emotional state is. It, we don't know what their prayers were like that day, but we do know that on that day, they uh, rested according to the commandment. Well, the Sabbath is a day designed by commandment, a day for pausing and considering Certainly those disciples had a lot to pause and consider. Recall, I, I told you the night of the arrest, late Thursday night in the garden, that all the, the 12 have scattered except one, John. And John remains there probably with these women spending the Sabbath day together, pausing and considering. And it would be gross neglect for me not to ask you as you listen uh, and, and take part in this podcast. Have you paused and considered? See, Jesus Christ's death on the cross was not some isolated historical event a long time ago and half a world away. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross is the sole means, the one and only way for people who have sinned to have that sin forgiven and to have a, a correct and blessed relationship with God made available for those who will turn from their sin and trust 
Jesus Christ by faith, leaning in to the fact of his death for their sin. Have you done that? Would you pause and consider on this Saturday before Easter that Jesus Christ died for sinners? You're a sinner. And Jesus Christ is the Savior for all who will turn from their sin and believe and follow him. And you say, well, that's a, that's a pretty big statement. That's an audacious statement. You're right, and I would not dare make that statement were it not for one central epic proof. Jesus did not remain dead. On Sunday, he rose from the grave. And uh, we'll have a whole lot to say about that on Easter Sunday. I hope you've enjoyed this Passion Week special on the McGregor Podcast. I want to tell you about another thing we're going to be debuting next week. An additional segment here on the McGregor Podcast. We're going to call it Beyond the Notes. We have a teaching team here at McGregor, and what Beyond the Notes will be is whoever has has uh, been preaching at McGregor that Sunday, whoever has preached that on a given Sunday, will go into the studio that week and and expand a bit. The time constraints of Sunday morning don't make it possible for us to sometimes fill in detail we wish we could fill in or, or chase down side topics that we think really bear and really matter. Just they don't make it to the Sunday morning sermon because of time constraints. And so the Beyond the Notes segment will allow whoever has preached to come into the studio and say a bit more about the message and share a bit more about the truth of God's Word. We hope you'll make it a part of, of what you have coming into your life as you have by now. I pray subscribe to the McGregor Podcast. And if you want to know more about this podcast or the other podcasts uh, coming from us here at McGregor, go to McGregorPodcast.com to get that information. Again, I'm gratified that you've been with us this week. Uh, God bless you. And we look forward to sharing more with you in the future.